some sonnets today that are a little moody and sexual and scary um, and it's all gonna be a blur and that's the name of this episode um, I've you know um, really been trying to get into the Halloween season even though I've had some you know horrors of my own going on but it's time to get over that and get into some imaginary horrors and sexual horrors and romantic horrors and things that the worlds I like to live inside and that's the best thing about writing is it really can transport you out of your own problems <laughs> into imaginary made-up ones and that's what I'm gonna um, talk about today is the imaginary horrors <laughs> of life and um, the um, first one that I'm gonna read to you is called Blur and it is um, <laughs> one I'm going to be reading tonight on um, my um, show Performance Anxiety that I host with Tom Snarsky and we always have a, a great number of guests and um, we all read poetry live some people record poems and if you're ever interested in doing that you can always um, uh, just direct message me on Twitter at Lola and Jolie or direct message Tom at Tom Snarsky, S-N-A-R-S-K-Y. And um, you can um, sign up and we do it on Skype and everybody either is on audio or video and, and you can read with us. We do it on the third Thursday of every month. And we always love to have new people and meet new people and hear new um, kinds of poetry. So um, I'm gonna be reading some of the poems that I'm reading tonight I'm gonna be reading in the thing because my life is so chaotic right now. I haven't even practiced for performance anxiety. So you guys, this podcast is my practice, although I'm reading a lot more poems than I can read on this show because um, I don't, well, that's kind of doesn't make sense because <laughs> I won't be reading for 20 minutes, but um, I talk a lot more on this show than I read poems. There, you just read your poems and maybe say a sentence or something about it, but you don't talk at length the way that I do on this show, so I'm a chatterbox. So um, anyway, I'm going to read the first poem though. This one I'll be reading and it's called Blur. Matriculated many months ago from frenetic faux fellatio. People you never wanted me to be follows a blur beneath black locust trees. Fertile a couple of weeks a year before reason reappears. Careless with pigtailed pioneers, fuck dolls with dank eyes shown shut by demons you cannot confront. They all disappear with sustenance of blooms when the season requisitions tombs, decorated in pastels. Halo for the harlot heathen you once knew well. From grave I hide within to masticate upon my own hunger. I masturbate until it's all a blur. <laughs> and I just wrote that about, you know, um, 
like getting over relationships and the things that we um, do to to blur out the past that's dark and um, overwhelming at times. And um, anyway, um, I feel embarrassed. <laughs> but I'm going to be reading this live in front of other people tonight. So thank you for letting me read it to you guys first. <laughs> I always, I, it's weird, you know, because I don't do this show live, but I always do imagine, like, a group of people around me, like, listening, and it does make me blush sometimes what I'm saying or, or um, reading, but it's good for me, too, because I don't feel alone, and I feel like I can, um, you know, show who I really am, and it's powerful, so I really do appreciate it. It feels like I have... It's almost like a therapy session for me or or going to coffee with friends and <laughs> keeping them hostage with my voice for um, 20 minutes, which maybe I have done. Um, I'm sure I've gu- been guilty of in, um, <laughs> in real life. Um, so anyway, um, thank you. Um, I'm going to find another poem to read to you that I'm going to read tonight. Oh, this one is another horror poem that I wrote recently. And I was just thinking about Halloween inspires me so much about different, um, I like to think of things from history and um, just, you know, anecdotal things that I know that are horrifying and kind of take on that theme. And um, I wrote a poem called Mithridatism, which is, you know, about um, the practice of poisoning yourself. Like if you were, you know, royalty there, you know, it comes from an actual person who did this who, um, uh, he, like, poisoned himself, you know, um, a little bit all the time so that, you know, he would be immune to poison, and that's the idea at least. Um, and if not, you're just messed up all the time or, you know, going through, like, a little bit of um, the um, what side effects of what you would go through for, like, a major poisoning. And so I don't even know why came into my head but once it did I you know wrote this poem pretty fast and I was thinking about a culture in which this was normal you know that all of a sudden people that you look up to I've been watching a lot of I've talked about it on here before like The Vow and I read a lot of books about cults I just got sent a book from um, Southern Fried Karma called Saint Catastrophe that um, I'm going to be reading and writing a little review um, but it, it's about cult. Any, if you write a book about cults, I will read it <laughs> and write something about it if you like. Because I just, because of the way I grew up and the fact that I was, um, you know, I, I was in the Mormon religion, but um, it was very cult-like feelings where, um, one, I, where I grew up is in the South, there weren't a lot of Mormons, period, and, and my family, even among the Mormons that were there, we were in the, like, extreme, um, group, like, you know, I had friends, people I knew at church and stuff who were Mormons, but they drank Coke, which is, you know, you're not allowed, I mean, you know, they would break a lot of the smaller rules, and, you know, watch R-rated movie, they did things that were against the religion, my family, if 
for example, like, you know, it was hard for us to go to PG-13 movies because they always wanted to overdo the role. Like, if it was, oh, we can't go to R, well, then that means really we shouldn't go to most PG-13 movies or, you know, we, if we have to wear a skirt down to our knee, then I think we should wear it a few inches lower than that. You know, it was like, truly like being like a fundamentalist situation and and at the same time being abused in that situation and like there's no logic to it and everything else so um, I relate a lot to things about cults because I just feel like that's how I was raised and escaped so um, any you know um, that's what I wrote this poem about and I'll just go ahead and read it Mithridatism they press a thimbleful to your lips during the rarest celestial eclipse. They say you must swallow Venus obscures, worrying of shadows, sentience blurs. That first day you seize upon symbols inscribed on the floor amidst a circle of elders who have done so before. Conjures, cyclops, centaurs, seraphim, fiends, upon your behalf as you float between home, heaven, hell, psychopharmacological paths. Wound you will weather to one day be well, writhing for witnesses, weakened with wrath, but immune to the poison enemies pour. Tonight they give you a little more and you know again like I didn't there was no poisoning <laughs> there was mental poisoning in my um, my household growing up and I I felt um, you know I like I relate to that poem thinking about how the indoctrination and you get and there's a level like I always knew I would escape you know once I was an adult although it took me a little bit longer than just like turning 18 because they, I had the um, carrot dangled of college education that would be paid for, but then um, it wasn't worth it. Like I eventually, I went through my bachelor's degree, you know, um, living either going to BYU or I didn't live at home, but I lived in a more strict environment than I even lived at home actually. And then to in some ways, I should say that in some ways. In some ways it was better, but it was never, I would never ever go back there. But anyway, the, um, after um, college, um, you know, at grad school, I came home and I finished up college, my undergrad, and I was able to do that even though, like, it was awful. I mean, you know, I wasn't being, at that point, physically abused, but I was mentally abused all the time. I was called a whore. Sorry, my, I hit a button here and it paused. Um, I didn't mean to, but um, I was called names and, you know, whore and, you know, there was a threat always that, you know, you never feel safe once you've been um, sexually violated and abused in your home. So, you know, I always, you know, I had to get out. And once that, when I realized I had to get out, I was, I had just, you know, started graduate school, which I had a partial scholarship to go there, but it wasn't enough for me to live on my own. So then I had to, um, you know, decide, that's when I decided to be a stripper and, um, <laughs> and, you know, do something fast where, you know, I didn't have money saved up. I didn't have the ability, um, 
you know, I didn't have a lot, so I, I needed to have a job where I could make a lot of money quickly and establish myself and not fall back. You know, it knew that I could never go backwards. I couldn't, you know, allow that. So I wanted financial security above everything else. And so, and it was, it was like that. I mean, I, I was able to, um, you know, immediately get my own place and, um, you know, I, I never was like stressed about paying any bills or, you know, I even took on some bills of like my grandmother. I helped her, you know, um, just, it, you know, it, it, I went from a person who was completely dependent, you know, to like helping others and that felt really good, you know, and anyway, I got, got on a divergence there, but, um, um, oh, I'm going to read this next poem that I'm going to read tonight is based from a movie called, um, Neon Demon, and it's, um, I wrote it for a junk, Daily Junk, and they are, um, a place that, like, a lot of times they do prompts. I call them my, um, new muse because I, I used to have muses on, in literary Twitter. I've had a, a, a couple of them, you know, were very powerful, and, um, and I don't right now, like, neither of those people are, like, active in literary Twitter or am I close to and it's hard for me at times because I benefit a lot from that like I'm a person who I I write I I'm a submissive person so like that and that, that doesn't just mean like sexually it means like I was always a good student and um, because I like to please a teacher whether that meant you know like out of a sexual context you know or anything like I did I was one of those people who thrive with a mentor you know because I care more about pleasing this other person some often than myself and so like I fall into these relationships um, friendships and um, <clears throat> excuse me I have a little bit of a cold <laughs> so I, I was trying to get through this about making that too obvious, but if my voice sounds a little huskier today, it's probably why, and I have to read poetry tonight, of course, so that's, that's going to be fun, but, um, anyway, I wrote this, um, I used to write a lot of poems for, um, people, you know, I, I would, um, either straight out where this, I have had two people that, like, did that for me in poetry Twitter, where we would just have conversations, and then based on the conversation, I would write a poem, and I, it would be something that I would never have imagined I, I would write, but it came because out of that, you know, they just inspire something in me. And I also, and I'd always show it to them because I wanted their approval. And it was a good, it was a positive, like a mentorship kind of thing. And um, also I had one of those people would actually sometimes give me actual prompts and I would write the hell out of those because that was like, you know, I, I miss being in school, I think, you know, and so I like making people my teachers, you know, and anyway, um, I'm, I'll read this poem, but this one, I said, I got on this because I was talking about the Daily Drunk, which is an awesome um, magazine, and they do prompts for anyone, and it came along at a time when I didn't have these people in my life, you know, and so I was really feeling kind of vulnerable and wanting that and it was nice to have like a magazine that just like publicly did it 
and you know that I've written some really good poems I think for them and this is one that they prompted because of Keanu Reeves it was his birthday and um, I and that he was in the movie Neon Demon and he plays a very bad character in that movie where he owns a hotel where um, a lot of the girls that are there are underage people have run away to LA to you know either escape or try to be famous probably trying to do what I did you know escape their abuse um, and come and establish themselves in, in a maybe unrealistic way, but, um, and so many of them are in a very vulnerable situation. And he takes advantage of that, you know, because he owns this motel. And a lot of them don't have the money to stay, stay there. So anyway, broke down motel of falsified IDs after Neon Demon. He is a keeper, Lolita's, and Keys. Broke down motel of falsified IDs. Children, professionals, teach to seduce. Small town pageant princesses, fleeing abuse. Spend their days in body paint, maybe meant for a porn. Then dinners with directors, where a 20-somethings scorned. Before they lay down, pretty heads into his care. He does not need a key to penetrate their nightmares. Pairs them together with thin common walls. Neighbors' fate reverberates through them all. Runways make it in to the city. Runaways make it in to the city. Long legs, their skeleton keys. For some, the last keeper. Doe eyes, do you see? And yeah, that was a really scary movie that I watched and I had wanted to write about it for a really long time when I, um, it, you know, it was something that I related to so much, even though when I left I wasn't underage, I always feel like, you know, I've talked a million times, you know, I call myself a woman child, but I feel very stunted in some ways. And even when I left in my mid 20s, I felt, I mean, there was part of me that felt very much like the little girl I played on you know a strip club stage you know the pigtails and the um, nervous titter as I talk about in my poem um, pink plastic houses it's, it was all real you know I um, was both you know exposed to a lot of bad things but also very um, overly protected from the world and I mean like you know suddenly I was in a very adult world and I, you know, actually, I'm still, it's funny because I um, occasionally I'll go out to dinner and I run into um, this man who used to be a bartender um, at the um, place where, at the strip club where I worked. And he is, he is um, there's a bar restaurant that I go to and he's the manager of it now. And I just happen to um, run into him there, you know, and, and, um, and, he remembered me immediately because I still wore my hair. I picked. I mean, I'm older looking, but I, you know, still kind of have the same style. So he recognized me, even though it's been like 20 years. And um, he, you know, called me by my <laughs> name, which was Jolie. And um, so he uh, and and we're like, because because the club I worked at was very very um, 
like almost like a family um, feeling, which I know is weird for people to understand. Um, it wasn't like The Sopranos or, you know, you, you see those kind of versions of strip clubs. It was um, the people that worked there, not that they didn't have drug problems or, you know, we had all those kind of things, but they never, I didn't feel like anybody that worked in the club was trying to take advantage of anyone else who worked in the club. They were, um, people actually kind of bonded together and that was very, fulfilling for me but I've talked and talked today this is a long one I've gone over my 20 minutes and I need to um, go do some other things because <laughs> I actually filmed this one in the day I'm not even I don't I, I would tell you oh I could I'm gonna I have a Yoda here I could cuddle for a nap you know maybe I can I can say that but anyway I'm gonna let you guys go because I had to do this at during the day because I'm doing the poetry reading at night so I'm going to go get ready to do some things before that happens. But cuddle something for me, and I will cuddle something later tonight for you guys. Thank you so much for being my friends, and I'll see you next week.